The following podcast has been pre-recorded for your audio pleasure. It is rated M for Mexican. Welcome to another episode of Mexi Mind Matters. We are going to be talking about weekend activities and basically dedicating this podcast to one specific person. We'll be dedicating this podcast to my humble brother, smartest person I know, uh, recently graduated uh, from orthopedic surgery residency from Wayne State University, Detroit Medical Center, my brother Enrique, Dr. Rucho. Uh, we will discuss what happened at the ceremony and also talk about my favorite stories over the years of being with my brother. Now we could call him orthopedic surgeon. Um, he's moving on to do a fellowship. Uh, six months in Reno, six months in uh, Sacramento, UC Davis. And uh, he has to move there in July because he starts, I believe, July 23rd is the Monday he starts down there. Um... Currently, my parents are helping him pack. Uh, I mean, he doesn't have that much stuff, but we have to get his stuff from Detroit or Royal Oaks, where he's been living for the last five years, and um, bring some of it home and then uh, take it all all over to um, Torino. So uh, the ceremony, as you guys remember from my previous podcast, was... um, June 2nd, and um, I drove there, you know, got off work, um, didn't realize I was going to hit Detroit rush hour traffic, which by the way, of all the cities that um, I've, re- I've been to the most, I don't think I've ever had to use Detroit side roads to get to where I was going. Um, I usually, the more I go to a city, the more I... I get used to taking back roads and different ways and highways to get to where I'm going because I, I remember and and I know which you know which parts of town are busy at what times from you know all the all the visits I've I've had. But Detroit, I just for some reason every time I come to visit my brother, um, just straight shot up 75, you know. And even when before he lived here, when I would come here, I never did not take 75 to get to downtown Detroit. Um, I don't think I ever also came on on a weekday, so it was the first time for me uh, getting around uh, downtown Detroit to get to Troy, Michigan, where the hotel was. Basically, took two seventy five to twenty four to twelve to US twenty four to six ninety six, and then got back on Campbell Road, and that you know redirected me to seventy five. 
once I cut out downtown. Got there with like 30 minutes to spare, and then we, we drove to uh, the ceremony was at the Detroit Athletic Club. Uh, very nice building. It is right by Tiger Stadium, uh, Comerica Park. The Tigers play there, Detroit Tigers, and uh, by Ford Field. It's fun because we had a, we had cocktails at the top, at the, the rooftop, and you could see into the stadium, which is which is funny, and, and I kind of understood why everything was so packed. Uh, the Tigers played that day. They actually were at home against the White Sox, um, and you could technically stay up there and watch the game if you wanted to. But then we came down to the ceremony, and... Uh, you know, we, we sat down for the presentation and they had pamphlet cards with, you know, pictures of the four um, chief residents, the graduates. Um, my brother, his roommate, Andrew Gupta, uh, Praveen, his other buddy from med school, and uh, Michael Morris, who apparently uh, played defensive end at uh, Central Michigan and then uh, decided to go to med school. Um, he was kind of like the, I, I mean, I would say the other guy of the four. Because Praveen and my brother went to med school at OSU together. Um, and Gupta and, and my brother has been living together for the last five years. So, um, they sort of knew each other. And then Michael, the other guy, just, you know, right there. Uh, they had pictures of all four of them. And it... I don't understand how... I swear. My brother Enrique has never been very photogenic. I mean, he... he I would say he's he's not bad looking. Uh, but it just... He doesn't take good pictures. And I don't know what picture they used. I guess that's the one they had from his residency um, picture. But, oh my god. It looks like he's fucking Tiger Woods getting arrested for DUI. Or hungover. Like, sh- shit... Uh, on his first day of, of residency back five year, back five years ago, I mean seriously, looking like a, looking like a turd, not even facing the camera, hairs hairs all one way sideways, not even combed. It's like, Lord Enrique, come on! Couldn't you ask to have a better picture? So um, ceremony kicks off, and uh, you know, with a buffet, food was great. And uh, just as we're about to get dessert, I'm looking at the timeline. They have the, the schedule of, of, of events. And right at 9 p.m., it says family introduction, uh, um, graduate introduction of family. Uh, and I'm like looking around and, and there's nine of us there. So mom, dad, uh, my brother Ricky was there. I, of course, me. Uh, my aunt Yuyu, Elsa, real name, and uh, my brother's girlfriend Kelsey, and her two parents, uh, Jim and Nancy Barone. Um, that was the first time I ever met them. They uh, they had heard of me and seen pictures, but never formally met me. Uh, so yeah, so I'm uh, you know I'm looking at the the uh, schedule. As I was saying, and uh, I'm take, I'm t- I'm talking. I'm sitting next to Jim, and I'm like, um, "Is one of us gonna have to sp- talk?" And he's like, "No, no, there's no way." And I'm like, um, "It says introduction of family, like the graduate is gonna introduce his family, us." 
or who he brought. But then, I'm. What if one of us has to give a speech? Oh no, no, that's not gonna happen. Blah blah blah. So, right as around we're getting the dessert, um, Enrique had to go to the bathroom. So they were gonna start alphabetically, and uh, he would have gone first. But then they skipped him and decided to go with Andrew's family. And uh, after he introduces everybody, they ask his mom to talk. And I'm like, oh, great. The mothers are going to have to talk. Well, at least I'm like, okay, at least I'm, I mean, I'm off the hook. No impromptu speeches. Um, so I'm like, Cha-Cha. That's my mother's nickname. I'm like, hey, uh, looks like you're going to have to say some words. She's like, no, 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 you talk. I'm like, what do you mean I talk? I think they're asking the mothers. So then we want the Praveen's family, and he introduces everyone. Um, he's married, he's got a kid, and the, the kid's there, and it's all nice, aww. And uh, they ask him, he's like, hey, who'd you want to speak on your behalf? And he picks, uh, not who he picked. I think his mom talked to, or something like that. But, uh... Then I started worrying. I'm like, oh man, fuck. Oh, he got the pick. It's like, oh, that's Enrique. He's gonna pick me. I mean, think about it. You got, you got my mom, who probably will be bawling her eyes out up there on stage. Uh, my dad, who, I mean, again, the English is not too, too fluent. And he, and it's not talking about. He's not talking about coffee or Nestle. So. Um, not very good at speeches, and Elsa barely speaks English, so it was gonna probably be between me and Ricky, and, um, yeah, so I'm like, fuck, impromptu speech, are you kidding me, and so then, then the other guy, Michael, he goes, he picks his dad, and then Enrique, oh, he introduces everyone, and he goes, and who's the lucky one speaking on your behalf, and he just looks at me, and I'm like, fuck, he goes, he wanted to give a speech anyways. I'm like, no, 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 no. I said, there's probably going to be a speech. Now, does that mean I am good at impromptu speeches? Plus, I have some stories in my head that I was like, well, maybe, what if, what if, if I do get asked? So, like, the whole time the other families are going, I'm like, oh, man, if I, if I get asked, what can I say? I'm, like, starting to think about it. Um... I'm just like, okay, well, I can tell a few stories about Enrique, but then I got to tie it back to something. And I'm not going to lie. I rarely do public speaking, but I'm not a big fan of it. Like, it's not the same. I could, I could talk smack on a podcast all day long. I could talk smack to you face to face. But having to go up in front of people that are literally looking at you, staring at you, waiting for you to say something, it's it's uh, it's a little more nerve wracking. I've been I was more nervous walking up to that stage than any marathon I've done, and this includes Boston. Like I was nervous waiting for Boston, but I was more like a anxious nervous because you had to sit there in the bus for hours. Here, it's like. Two seconds, or not even that, like maybe 20 seconds of just walking to stage, and you're like, you get that gut feeling, you're like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, what am I gonna say? So then I just it just hit me. I'm like, wait a minute. 
this just happened at the hotel because um, when I got to the hotel and I changed quickly, um, I was gonna try and change in the car, but you know, Michigan drivers are crazy, so I had to pay attention. So um, I ended up changing at the hotel, and my dad came up to me and gave me a card and said, "Hey, uh, sign the card for Enrique." And I'm like, well, I don't know what the fuck to say. And he goes, oh, just speak for the heart. I'm like, oh, God damn it. I'm like, okay, well. And then I just, I guess my hand was still a little shaky from all the driving. So, I, I mean, I, I have terrible handwriting to begin with. But I wrote something there that, you know, it was heartwarming. And I'm like, you know what? Well, I'm just, I'm just going to say what I wrote on the card. It's basically the same thing that, you know, you could use in the speech. So, I went and I started talking and, you know, I'm like... And yeah, like I'm. Enrique is by far the smartest person I know. Like, hands down. He may not be street smart, but he's he's book smart. And it wasn't always the case. There were some times I was concerned, and everybody started laughing. You you get get a little chuckle out of the crowd first. And I'm just like, you know. I remember when in London and Lisa we were studying and we had the same German teacher and she would always come up to him and be like, why is your brother not good at German? Like, I don't know. I don't know. German's not his thing. Plus, I hated that teacher. So why on earth was I the one that had to talk to her about my brother during my German class of all places? It's beyond me. So I said, look, and then, uh, you know, he went to high school. We, we came here, uh, graduated top of his class, Dublin Sayota. I mean, the, the dude had a 4.1 GPA. I didn't even know that was possible. Um, you know, then went to med school at Ohio State University. I actually got to live with him uh, during med school. And so I know firsthand. And as I'm talking, I'm just like, look, we've had, as brothers, we've had fun. We've gone skiing. We've gone out, you know. But when it's always time to buckle down and study or buckle down and, and do his job and be driven, Enrique would always give it 110%. Like, he never, never, like, got distracted. Like, he was always right there. Like, when he studied for his MCATs, the dude didn't leave the apartment for, like, um, I forget how many weeks and, you know, and and when he did it was good to go to the library to study some more like it was ridiculous um, got a top grade went to the Ohio State University and same thing like he's always been very dedicated and driven to doing what he does best and he always tells me hey like when I'm running a race, it was, hey, good luck. I'm proud of you. Or he'll say, um, hey, uh, on my birthday every year on Facebook, he'll write the most heartwarming note. You know, hey, you know, uh, nobody can do what you do. Um, you know, good luck with your marathons. Uh, I'm so proud of you, blah, blah, blah. And I always find it like heartwarming, but also funny in a way that I could run and then I told the car I'm like I don't know how many of you know and oh, he said that you know that I run marathons I run a lot of marathons but no matter how many marathons and I told Enrique this and I even said it you know in front of everybody I told Enrique this earlier today it, it, it doesn't matter how many marathons I run in a row 
I am not the one out there that's saving lives. I'm not the one out there that's healing people. I'm not the one out there that's making a difference in the world. I'm not out there doing surgery. So, I mean, I could not be more proud of my brother. And I love him to death. And everybody was like, oh, and then they were like clapping. I could see my family, they were crying in the front row. Uh, Enrique was tearing up. Ricky was tearing up. I'm like, yes, score. Impromptu speech, awesome. And uh, yeah, so that was basically it. It's basically what I wrote in this card. In this card. Now, um, can we? Let me. Before I continue on with the with the fest- with the activities uh, of that day, can we please, for future reference, because is the second time this has happened, you cannot just tell me, hey, let's just you know, you're part of this ceremony. How about we give people advance notice? You're trying to tell me you did not know that somebody was going to speak? Come on, Enrique. It's like when it's like uh, two years ago when we went to uh, my cousin Paola's quinceanera, and I found out hours before the, the ceremony, hey, you're you're going to have to dance. And I'm like, what? It's like, yeah, uh, the quinceanera dances with uh, um, some chaperones she picks, and uh, they're all male, and you're one of them. And I'm like, what? I mean, I'm a good dancer, but still, I mean, one one would think you would prepare people for this. You don't just magically tell them like, hey, hey, you're you're going to be part of this this, this dance that everybody's going to watch on stage. Same thing. It's like, oh yeah. Oh, by the way, that's a speech that you would have to give. What? And it's funny because the guy, uh, the one of the speakers after. The family spoke He wrote down his speech And I'm like Motherfucker Ah oh, That's the thing Like if, like who Who writes Speeches I don't know like, I mean I would think like If I knew ahead of time I would think I would know what to say I would make like notes But I wouldn't take him up there with me I would memorize them And then just like Go from there So uh, But yeah Then uh, we went uh Went down to uh, the basement, and they had like they had a bowling alley down there. So uh, we uh, we played some bowling, um, and it was uh, basically um, the Barones and my brother versus um, versus. Um, uh, me, my dad, my little brother, and my mom. And I'm like, man, I haven't played bowling forever. So, the first frame, oh, I was terrible. I think I had like a, like an 80 or 77. I don't even know. It was, it was bad. Terrible. Um, Jim Barron was, uh, cracking me up. He was like, oh, hey, what's going on? I thought you were good. I'm like, you know, I'm kind of showing, they, they live in Cleveland, so I'm like, kind of showing how LeBron played last night. And he's just laughing, I'm like, what, too soon? I'm like, oh, just just let's do another frame. I'll show you how baby boy Curry plays. <laughs> oh, and I was lighting it up on that second frame. I, I found, see, the key to me for bowling is I need a ball that is light so I can throw it hard, but also fits my fingers. And usually the ones that fit my fingers are the bigger, heavier balls. But those make my hands tired. But I need a light ball where I can fit the fingers 
just nice. And I, the nine pound ball was was decent. So I just had to get used to it once I found it. And then the second frame, oh man, I had like four strikes. I was lining it up. Uh, but then apparently at eleven thirty, uh, they shut down. I'm like, oh, oh, conveniently as I'm whooping everybody's butt. Um, all right, whatever. So, um, then, uh, my brother and Kelsey and the other graduates went out still, and I'm like, look, uh, I gotta get, get, I gotta get up early, so I went back to the hotel, and, uh, that was it. Um, fun times. And, um, again, congratulations to graduating residents and, uh, my brother. Uh, very proud of you, and, uh. Again, you are the smartest person I know. Now, there's, there's, but in, within that, let's <laughs> let's pause for a second before we start talking about my favorite Enrique stories. Most people like my brother. Like ninety nine percent of people like my brother, um, and think he's way better than me. The only two people I know that prefer me over my brother are BB, Aaron, and my ex, Twice Removed. So, my, well, my ex. Um, Helen. You know, the one that can be thanked for this podcast creation. Um, And that's because, you know, their excuse is, you know, Enrique... It's is an asshole behind your back. You're an asshole to your face, and you just tell tell it like it is. I'm like okay, but still, everybody still prefers my brother. And uh, also, I don't know why people think I don't know how to behave. Like um, when we're driving to the club, Kelsey's like, "Hey, my parents are going to be there. Just you know, Alex, behave." Like, dude, parents love me. Parents and kids love me. I don't know why, but I am awesome with parents. And uh, I would also like to point out that um, that um, despite what the two people say, um, my brother is the glue that holds our family together. Um, regardless of what's going on and who spits out what, and it's always my brother that's, you know, the voice of reason. He never argues. He never gets into the drama. He's he's the glue. Um, but it hasn't always been that way. You know, we could get into let, let's let's begin with our my favorite Enrique stories. Um. Now, um, let's start at the beginning. When we were kids, uh, so my brother was born in England. Um, I was going to turn three. And it was funny because Margaret Thatcher had always... Uh, well, I mean, Margaret Thatcher was the prime minister at the time. And uh, so a lot of Indian immigrants that were moving to... England and having babies and the kids would be born and just become British. So she changed the law 
basically stating that in order for you to be British, you have to not only be born in England, but you, one of your parents had to be British. So then when my brother was born, well, he, you know, unfortunately did not, could not be British. Um, and one of his, one of his fellow residents br- brought it up like, oh, what do you consider yourself? And I'm like, well, I mean, he's Mexican, but when England plays Mexico, he roots for England. Let's be honest. I knew the answer to that. Come on now. Uh, we were kids. Uh, there was a time, believe it or not, that my lo- my, my brother Enrique were was into wrestling, just like me. And uh, but he, oh my god, he was always terrible at playing the role, being a character. Because when we were kids, I remember the first time we were playing in my little you know toy wrestling ring. Um, I had some wrestlers, and um, he came along and wanted to play with, and I gave him my my toys, and um, one of them was the Big Boss Man, and then Jake the Snake, if anybody remembers Jake the Snake, um, he, he grabbed him too, so we're, we're, we're playing, and then I'm, I'm being very realistic with, the, with, you know, the match, you know, oh, throwing him to the ropes, bouncing him back over, you know, making sure, like, it actually looks like a legit match, because... You know, you gotta you gotta stay within the realm of reality here. Oh, Enrique doesn't care. Enrique just just grabs the big boss man, tosses him to the ropes, bounces off the ropes, grabs Jake the Snake, and just flings big boss man up in the air with Jake the Snake. And he just says backdrop, and I'm like, what? The figurine got propelled into the air, out of the ring, and. Back then in our house in Marlow Avenue, we had like a sliding door into like the the an, an additional room that we had. And poor big boss man landed right on the the rail of the sliding door and pew his head pops off. And I'm like, what? I start fr- flipping out. It's like two seconds into the match, you break one of the figurines. Um, my dad had to super glue Big Boss Man's head uh, after that, and uh, well, he was never the same. He could not turn his head. Oh, then another another funny story when we were in England as kids. Um, my dad would call my mom, you know, almost every day to tell tell her that he was on his way. So one time he calls, and Enrique answers, and uh, my dad just. Pretends to be uh, this wrestler, Papa, Papa Shango, who used to be like a voodoo priest and had, a, had all this weird makeup. And uh, <laughs> Enrique answers the phone, and my dad just goes, Yes, Papa Shango. And Enrique drops the phone, runs into the living room, and just goes, Mama, Mama, Papa Shango. And my mom looks at the over, like goes to the kitchen, looks at the phone, and it's the phone's just hanging there. And she answers, and it's my dad. And I'm just like laughing, and I'm like, "Why would Papa Chango be calling?" And on top of that, why would he be speaking Spanish? Like, get the fuck out of here, Enrique. Oh man, fun times as kids. Uh, I I always remember when Ricky was born. And how, um, now at this point, we're living in Switzerland. And, you know, we'd always mess with Ricky. Um, 
But Enrique would always go up and start like caressing his cheek. And then Ricky would just, you know, playfully laugh like, ah. and then the more he would do it, the harder he would smack him on the cheek. And eventually he would just be slapping the shit out of him. And Ricky would start crying. Oh, I always thought that was hilarious. We'd always used to do that to Ricky. Ricky's idea. Hilarious. Um, I remember, well, like I said, German class when in the Lycee when we're back in England. How I always had to basically defend his German. Um, that was about the only class that we had the same teacher. Because I was, a, a, you know, grades ahead of him. Um, I remember also, like, another funny story is... Well, actually, well, oh, oh, I forgot a funny, a funny story when we were kids. Because it also shows that, you know, if it weren't for me, he would not be a doctor right now. Because sometimes, as the older brother, you sometimes have to protect your little brothers. And most people don't think I've ever protected Enrique... But there's been many times where I've had to defend him or protect him for the greater good. And he would not be a doctor right now without me having saved his life, basically, in this in this story that I'm about to tell. So I think this was... We had left England. We're in Mexico, in Chihuahua, where I'm from. And we're about to move to Switzerland. So I think Enrique is seven... I'm nine at the time. So, um, my dad, I don't even know how. My dad is terrible at being by himself. Like, even when he goes to drive somewhere and run errands, he has to always, like, be with someone and take someone. So, he would take us as kids. Um, so me and Enrique went to, to with my dad and we were in the back of the car and my dad was going to the, um, to the, um, the, uh, dry cleaners and I was around the corner. So it was a little bit of a drive and we park on the street and my dad gets out. It's like, I'll be right back. And I could see the dry cleaner window from the car. So my dad goes in, starts talking to him, and, you know, me and Enrique are just, you know, messing around in the back. And this year, I know, I look up. It looks like the building's moving. I'm like, what? How's the, how's the building moving? I'm looking around, and I'm like, is the car moving? And I look look at the front. There's no keys in the car. I'm like, how is the car in motion? Like, this makes no sense. And, um... Now I keep looking at the window And the window is getting further away And I'm like uh, What is going on And at this point I'm like I can, I can barely see my dad in the window Like we're literally The car's literally moving forward And Enrique's just like Bye 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 Just waving at my dad Who can't see us Because his back's turned I'm like What the fuck is going on So I look around and I look in front of us and like a little bit down the road there's a car parked. And I'm just like, oh my god, this car needs to stop. We're about to hit that car. Like mind you, we're not going fast, but like um something's not right. So I look at the um at the inside of the car and I'm looking around, I'm like, okay, something is different. 
I look and I look and I look and I have a good visual memory and even back then my visual memory was on, was top of the line and I'm looking and I'm like okay uh, what's going on oh this right here and I look at the middle of the car like this bar whatever this is is always up it's down and I start yanking at the e-brake and it won't go up and I'm like what the fuck and at this point the car in front of us is literally like two cars away and I'm like, what is this button? And I just press it and pull and bam, the car stops. I had, I had engaged the e-brake. And then um, every game like, gets launched forward. I fall into the front of the car. And my dad, I just remember my dad coming out of the dry cleaners just going, Mis hijos, mis hijos, my sons, my sons. And he runs to us and he opens the car and he looks at me and just goes, what'd you do? I'm like, nothing, the car was moving. I pulled this, car stopped. And he just looks at me and goes, this is always why you always park and put the e-brake. And from that moment on, that's the story of why I always put the e-brake on the car. And I've saved Enrique from potential crashing into another car. So... Yeah. Um, other fun Enrique stories. Um, the time. Oh my god. The time he came home. You know, this is in the high school. We're already here in the U.S. And mind you, because he didn't two years of high school over there, high school here was easy for him. So I think he was a senior, and he had these uh, foreign exchange friends. One was. Uh, Michaelis, I guess he was Italian. I can't remember exactly. Um, but um, they all went out drinking and got super hammered. He comes home at like the wee hours of the morning. He's so drunk he can't even open the door with the key. Comes inside, the alarm goes off. Cannot remember the code to the alarm. Mind you, the code at the time was 3333. Four threes. Drunk ass cannot remember the code. Alarm officially goes off. Wakes up my mom. He can barely stand. My mom puts him in the bathtub and it's going to give him a cold shower. While my mom goes and gra- to grab towels, he ends up throwing up in the, in the tub. Oh man, he's literally sitting there in what in a pool of his own vomit. My mom comes back, like, "Oh hell no!" And basically, he just lay there. And then uh, he had to he, we had to clean up. He had to be cleaned up and showered. And oh, my mom was pissed. My dad was pissed too. Oh, that was hilarious. Oh, oh, I almost forgot another funny kid story. Me and Enrique. Um, so, as we said, we love wrestling when we were kids. I still do. Uh, Enrique eventually grew out of it. But uh, I believe we were in Switzerland, and my dad would always video, have video, videos of us messing around. And I f- believe we were, we, there's this video. Now, I don't think I've seen it in a while, but I'm pretty sure tape does exist. It's basically an interview sec- segment of me dressed up as Macho Man and my brother Enrique pretending to be Sean Mooney who used to do all the backstage interviews and 
I'm talking like the macho man Like ooh yeah Macho man The tower of power Too sweet to be sour Funky like a monkey Ooh yeah Dig it Just all in my Macho man persona And Enrique All he has to do Sean Mooney All Sean Mooney has to do Is ask Interview questions About the upcoming match With Hulk Hogan That's all he had to do Motherfucker Just starts asking Where's Miss Elizabeth And I'm like Dude we have no female Like it's not like I'm gonna be like Oh she's You know Mom's in the kitchen So I just I'm like I don't know what to say And I'm like She's fixing me dinner And I just get so pissed I'm like Enrique, you just have to ask about matches. You don't have to ask nonsense questions. Oh, and you can just see me get irritated on camera and just walk away. And, oh, man. Good times. Good times. Good times. Um, but, anyways, fast forward. Let's, let's, let's fast forward to uh, here in the U.S. again. Um, Enrique is the one to be credited with giving <laughs> Aaron the nickname Chunky Aaron. Because at the time when I first met Aaron through the um, indoor soccer club, there's two Aarons. There's a skinny Aaron and BB Aaron. Well, they were, we were hanging out at my place and I live with my brother and my brother met both of them and Obviously both called Aaron so I was just called you Skinner Aaron And Chunky Aaron And I believe that's probably why My my uh, my friend Aaron uh, Who's on the Jillaroos Does not Like my brother uh, I think that started it all Just call her Chunky Aaron uh, Kind of funny Kind of funny but true Like You know like it Do something about it I don't know Like it's just it's comical. He could have said he could, call, he could have said many other things, like blonde Aaron and brunette Aaron, and uh, he was just like, no, no, skinny and chunky Aaron. And I'm like, oh, that's hilarious. But anyways, um, also uh, he, <laughs> the time, the first time I saw him drunk, I think he was a freshman uh, on North Campus, and I went to say hi. And, you know, he was in his dorm with, like, uh, his, his girlfriends, Dom, Mullins, and uh, I think Steve was there, and, and, and Sierra, and, and I forget who else, uh, were all, like, there in his dorm room. And I'm like, where's my brother? And he goes, oh, he's over there in the bathroom. I'm like, what? And I look over, and he's, like, hugging the toilet because he's so drunk and throwing up. <laughs> And that was the first time I ever saw I saw Enrique's signature drunk look. He does this thing where he kind of looks at you like with one eye closed and one eye open, like uh, you have to you have to see it. But uh, yeah, that was the first time when he turned twenty-one. Another fun story. Again, it's common. The common theme is to you know take twenty-one shots as your you know. You know, on your day or your birthday I, when I did it, I started way early Because, you know, nobody says You have to start 
at a specific time. So I started way early, got to my 21 shots, no big deal. Enrique decides, oh, I'm just going to start at 7 p.m. So he starts at 7 p.m. and starts taking shots. We go to the bar. He's already like 10 shots in. Not the bar. Everybody's just buying him more shots. The fucker could barely walk. Like, oh, my God. He was grinding up on um, these girls on stage. And then he could barely walk. And we had to literally carry him home. And everybody was there. So, like, Steve was there, Dom Mullins. Uh, I believe Kato and Jordan were also there. I forget why. Uh, but, yeah, there was a bunch of us there. Luis, his good friend, uh, who's now married and lives in Boston. Fun fact. Um, what We basically all had to carry him home. And, and if you've ever been on campus, going from what is now known as the big bar to... Um, Summit and 12th Or Summit and 13th I believe is where he lived at the time Um Was that Was that uh Not a close walk So we're all carrying him And uh This motherfucker at one point goes I have to pee I'm like oh my god So we put him down And he just whoops his dick out Peas all over his hand and peas on, on some car. And we started carrying him again. And as we're carrying him, oh my god, Steve has one side and he just looks over at Steve and with his hand just goes, Steve, I love you, man. And just like caresses his entire face covered in pee. And, and I'm like, ew. And Steve just, man, Steve was a trooper. Very good friend. Just, you know, just takes it like a man and then we took some pictures with drunk Enrique on the on this uh, on this uh, living room floor classic um, and he's had some drunk moments and uh, you know Enrique and I never saw not, didn't, we didn't always see eye to eye uh, there was a few times when he was drunk and tried to like wrestle me uh, I believe once I backdropped him off, a, off his rail and his old apartment on Summit and 13th into the bushes That was fun Also one time he tried um, uh, Choking me when he was drunk And I ended up getting Like off and then tackled him Into a, a, a uh, The rim of a car He hit his head there And I was like okay well that's what you get And then one time he also broke my laptop Because he was drunk and we were arguing But hey you know fun times um, The first time I ever went to a gay club was because of my brother uh, We lived together He was in med school uh, Him and Luis wanted to go out And they wanted to meet up with these girls That happened to be at uh, Axis Down uh, the Shore North And of course he didn't want to go by himself To a gay bar So here I am going along Tagging along And that's when I discovered that You know A lot of people think I'm gay for some reason And I not only got free entry We got a free entry all three of us um, People were buying me drinks Which was um, Flattering I also believe that uh, That was when I discovered that uh, you know, Gay clubs are not that bad uh, Aside from having to look away from the occasional Guy on guy make, making out They're basically like European nightclubs They're kind of fun 
and girls that are there, you can basically tell, like, if straight girls are there, they're not getting hit on by all the other gay guys, so it's open season, um, I also, oh my god, remember when, um, the first thing he told me, when he, when he was, when he graduated med school and he was gonna go, when he moved to Detroit, so, And uh, I'll end the podcast with that story. So he um, he's moving to Detroit, and I've always worked with interpreting and you know languages and um, know all these languages. He he's kind of lost his German, of course. Uh, doesn't really keep up with French, but he probably still knows it. Um, so uh, when he was moving to Detroit. One of the first few things he taught, he said to me was, oh, you know, I, I speak Spanish. I'm not going to be a Spanish interpreter because I know how to speak to my patients if they're, you know, Mexican. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, that's actually one of the perks you won't have need an interpreter. About a week or so goes by and I'm at work and uh, I see a text about noon that I had not seen because my phone was on silent. And it's a message from Enrique. Um, how do you say gallbladder in Spanish? I'm like, oh, Mr. Doctor, I thought you could talk to your patients. So I told him, I'm like, um, and he, uh, he responds with, thanks, uh, I needed that two hours ago. Mom already told me what it is. I'm like, okay, well, hey, thought you knew, Mr. Doctor. And one of the other things he, uh, he told me, when he started working at the at the ER, the Tour Medical Center, it was like, Alex, there's too many black people in Detroit. I'm like, uh, what were you expecting? I'm confused. Like, were you expecting there to be like Mexicans, Asians? Like, yeah, there's a lot of black people in downtown Detroit. Uh, too funny, too funny, too funny. But again, um, I'm sure I have many more stories, but um, those are my top. And um, if I think of any more, we might have another session of uh, sibling stories. But for now, we'll, we'll call it quits there. And um, again, congratulations to the four, uh, Praveen, Dutta, uh, Michael, and uh, my brother. Uh, Michael's actually going to University of Rochester for his fellowship. And then he's the only one who's got a job locked down uh, up here in Traverse City, Michigan. Um, Gupta's doing two fellowships. Yeah. It's insane. One in Seattle Children's Hospital and the other one is, I believe, um, I can't remember where the other one is, but yeah, he's doing two. Um, And Praveen's going to Chicago. So, um, yeah. Good luck to him. Uh, I'm sure I'll see him again. Uh, Enrique, all the best. Good luck. Uh, I'll see you in um, in Utah when I go there uh, for my uh, Wyoming Idaho Oasis. And uh, of course, like uh, again, like I said, proud of you. Well, that's it for the podcast. Um, again, this will be on iTunes. Check us out on SoundCloud too. Supermax. Snapchat, Supermex, and, um, you know, on Twitter, Super Asshole Mex. 
Facebook, Alex Ferrari, aka The Mexican. Uh, YouTube channel, Supermex. Message me, tweet me, DM me, text me, send me your comments, questions. Oh, speaking of which, okay. So this has been brought up. Many people didn't know I had a podcast, apparently. Uh, but it's one of the comments I keep getting. It's like, oh, uh, what made you decide to do a podcast? And uh, let me just quickly end with that. The reason I make I mainly do a podcast is because, you know, when me and my ex broke up, me and Helen broke up, I needed something to, like, just vent. Because I had all this built-up frustration and anger, and I just needed something to vent. And somebody told me, well, start a blog, or just write shit down. You know, just to, you know, kind of, like, let it all out there. And I'm like, no, I'm not, I don't like writing. I'm like, I write for papers, I type papers Like no 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 I just I don't Want to write About my feelings And my What's pissing me off Because it'll take forever And nobody's gonna be able To read it Because I have terrible handwriting So then I thought to myself Well How about I just start a podcast And just start talking I, I love to talk And at the time I would always go to practice And I have You know An hour to get there With traffic uh, So I just said You know what Why don't I just start Talking and that's how I got the idea of the first podcast And then the second And just, hey, that was a memorable podcast If you go back and listen to them uh, Anyways, but yeah, that is it um, Hope you enjoy it And again, congratulations to the residents that graduated I will catch you guys all on flip side Peace out